Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. episode four of Captain Says, and I'm going to talk to, this time, Josh. His name is Josh. I've known you since, oh, geez, like 2001, maybe? Something like that, via the org and AOL Messenger. Yeah, 2002, 2001, something like that. Yeah, it might have been like late 2001. Now, you are, tell me, what what is your official occupation? What are you? Uh, My official occupation is uh, Troubadour. Uh, journeyman? No. Um, <laughs> my, my main, my main, uh, thing in, I guess, in life is, uh, pro wrestling. Uh, that's a big thing I'm into, so announcing you're, you're and like commentating. You're like the announcer, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So that's my, uh, you know, there's, there's not a, enough money in, in Australia to make a living off it, but that's, that's where we're at at the moment. There's a, a new global promotion that's looking at starting up and they're actually taking Aussie, uh, applications. So you never know. Cool. You never know. Uh, they do have an affiliation with our with our promotion, so fingers crossed. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things go. Because I remember uh, last time I talked to you, you 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 must have just like worked the night before or something because your voice was just gone, and you know you were so hoarse, and it was just it was hilarious talking to you then. <laughs> so it's great you've got a voice to talk, so that's good. Yeah, that was also uh, due to well due to the fact that uh, Prince had been. I don't think I'd actually. I oh, know I saw you after the tour. That's right. We caught up. Yeah, we after caught that. up in yeah when you came down to Adelaide. That's right. Um, yeah, gosh. Sometimes I'm glad now when I do the pro wrestling announcing, I actually have two partners there at the desk with me because so it's, not, it's not all you screaming. Exactly. It comes to the end of the night now, and shit, I can actually speak. You know, <laughs> or the next the next day, I don't have that uh, that day after effect. But uh, yeah, nah, good times. So when so. did you first start? the wrestling thing because that wasn't anywhere when i first knew you when did that start up when uh, did you start the interest in wrestling oh i was always a fan i was a fan since i was about five or six years old but then there's there's a period that a lot of fans go through when they're kids which is they lose touch with it for you know sort of around that around that same age where you're discovering girls and you know finding uh more important finding, things <laughs> that's exactly right and finding uh, the, the coolest new bands and all that you know that's like the yeah the focal point of that that time of your life and then you know sort of later on got back into it and yeah i think i started announced i just started training like in ring training in like 2009 and then i was for one i was shit i wasn't very coordinated so you actually did the wrestling yeah, I did the, the tryout and then the, uh-huh. the, the brittle cardio and the weight, the weights training and, uh, the taking the bumps and the falls and learning how to sell the injuries, you know, pretend, you know, put it on and all that stuff. Yeah. So because I remember, you know, 2001, you were a pretty big guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. I reckon I dropped a good 20 odd, 30 odd kilos and then, uh, and then on top of that, once, once I started training and, but then it's muscle. It's not. <laughs> yeah, That's then there the was then there was the muscle coming back on, which was um, you know a nice change. I could look at myself, I'm like take a photo of me with my shirt off. I'm like I never never used to say that, you know, to the yeah. missus. And, uh, and of course, I've I've actually because I stopped training, I've let myself go a bit. So uh, I've got the love handles there and whatnot now. But uh, but yeah, it's it's That's okay. <laughs> but you know, I couldn't have imagined when I was a kid that you could actually get into something like that at a local level and then to actually do it and know that people that have wrestled on our shows are now hired by WWE. It's it's extraordinary. Uh, so, yeah. It's... You, I mean, you basically got in on the ground floor, you know, before it was big here at all. So, yeah, if, they've, if WWE is going to come looking, 
that's where they're going to go. There's nowhere else. There's no one else. And there's great sort of Australian companies around that are putting on really good shows with, with wrestlers that you look at and you do. You look at them and go, geez, they should be getting paid. They should be making a living at this. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people in Australia that are actually at that level. And, you know, you can even go to Japan and if you're a star there, you can make a, you can make a, a life as a wrestler. You know, they, they, they treat them like gods and like an actual sport over there in Japan. Yeah. Um, and you spent time over there where I'm sure you've, you've experienced that sort of thing where you open the newspaper and in the sports section, there's actually pro yeah. wrestling results, you know, like it's, you could do some good commercials, some good Japanese commercials for something. Oh, mate, I tell you yeah, what, there's that, nothing that like over there are just, they're so good. Well, a mate of ours, uh, his name's Ladybeard and he is a, He's like a, a he's a wrestler, a pro wrestler for one, and he's done stunts in movies and stuff like that. But he's also a metal K-pop singer, if that makes ah, sense. So yes. he gets out there and he's in the dress and he's he's got the pigtails and whatnot. And now I think he's actually started a girl group called Lady Baby, where they're uh, they're in the studio at the moment. Him and two uh, very cute young Asian girls, and they're, uh, yeah, about to about to set the charts alight, so look out for Lady I Beard. I am going to search that as soon as we finish this conversation. <laughs> and he's he's the nicest guy I've, like, he's the nicest person I've ever ever known or met in my in my life. Uh, so, yeah, go out there and support Lady Beard if you like some K-pop, because uh, you won't be disappointed. I'm going to find that. This is a current news thing, right? How How well do you know football? Probably more than me, which is zero. Uh, what type of football? I don't know. There's just all this talk about salary cap, and somebody got fined, and I have no idea what it's about. Can you, you know, explain it in 10 seconds to me? Clubs are allocated a certain amount of money per season, and if they spend too much on players, then they may be spending too much on the top quality players that maybe other teams can't afford, and oh. therefore if you breach the salary cap, it's, it's basically seen as, hey, that's not fair because, uh, you know, you can have like five LeBron Jameses of, of football, or, yeah. okay, let's say Kurt Tippett. I, I don't know, if we're talking AFL, then that's what it is. Uh, if it's NFL, then... Peyton Manning, whoever the, the yeah. top star is, um, that's pretty much the gist of it. But as far as to the actual story you're referencing at the moment, I have no idea. Neither do I. I just it's just been on the news like for the last two days, and because I, I know zero about most sport, I thought I'll ask you because you probably know slightly more than me. I was going to ask Seth like a few weeks back because it's always been in my brain. I don't know why, but then I thought that I don't think that even exists in America. There's no such thing over there as a salary cap. They just pay people like $8 million a year to play basketball. Oh, they do. They do. I know in the NBA they do have salary caps because I know oh. that even – yeah, because even in, say, your uh, NBA 2K15 and, and games like that, you actually have in season mode, uh, you know, or storyline mode, whatever you want to call it, you actually have a salary cap that you you have to work within. So, uh, yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure their salary caps are a lot bigger than the Australian ones. Uh, yes, most definitely. I think, uh, I was actually, I was just listening to, uh, my mate Toddy and the Big Ballers podcast crew and they were mentioning that basically for what it costs an NBA team to buy, say, the lowest ranked player on their team, you know, for us, for, you know, like he's starting on the bench. He, he may yeah. play 30 seconds per game. For the same price, you can buy the National Basketball League, which is Australia's <laughs> the entire, version of the NBA, the, the entire whole league. Thing. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's the type of money that is in the American game as opposed to, yeah. say, in Australia. You know, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. But see, wrestling is a thing that I, I, I know nothing about. Yeah, wrestling is one of those things that there's a huge fan base of, but I know nothing about it. And that's always been a concept which has just been weird to me. Like, I remember I was in Spain or Portugal one time and there was some music concert on TV and huge, like, outdoor concert, singer, band. I had never seen them in my life. But, you know, 300, 400,000 people, massive outdoor gig, knew every word of every song. And that whole concept that, you know, it sounds dumb, but, you know, there's things out there that I know nothing about. Like, huge things. Oh, same here like for instance and, and it just at the moment mind I, even though it sounds so dumb i mean of course there's things i don't know about there's a million things i don't know about probably eight million but when i see it every time i'm like wow like that's a huge thing and i've never heard of it in my life but i mean i've heard of wrestling yeah but i don't know anything about it well i guess it's like that i mean i'm the same with your superhero movies and that entire sort of genre that at the moment is 
is all the rage. I mean, I'm a Ninja Turtles fan, and I love original I like the, original cartoon in '87. Yes, yes, absolutely, damn straight. Yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as I found out that James Avery from Fresh Prince of Bel Air was the voice of Shredder on that show, I can't watch that show without hearing <laughs> "Woo" in my head. You know, just oh man, he was great. But yeah, this the superhero, not, and not just movies, like the all these TV series as well. Like Seth was talking about because he does that con TV. And yeah, he's really into like the whole, the whole thing. And that's a thing I'm sort of like peripheral on. Like I know it's there and I watch, like I watch Gotham and The Flash. Yep. And I'm probably going to watch Supergirl when that starts because that just looks nice. But <laughs> yeah, there's so, there's so much I haven't seen. There's just not enough time in the world to watch all the shows I want to watch. The thing with pro wrestling especially is that uh, if you... Oh, how do I put it? It's easy to be turned off it by watching really bad wrestling or, or yes. a crazy storyline that is so convoluted. At the moment, a show called NXT, which is like WWE's developmental system, they have a show on their, their network, which is like a streaming uh, service, yeah. and there is some great stuff happening there at the moment. And the main, I guess, storyline over the championship is between these two guys who legit were friends, you know, dating back 10, 15 years. They wrestled in the same independent companies for years and years, tagged against each other, were rivals against each other uh, or tagged with each other. And then now they've actually brought that to the masses, that actual friendship and that relationship they've made a storyline out of it uh-huh. and it's it's being very very well done because a lot of the stuff is believable you could actually believe in a real scenario this would be their reactions you know yeah. and it's very very cool it's uh so there's some good stuff out there but then there's some shocking stuff where you're like god oh, even i'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's shocking stuff so how how does adelaide rate in like the wrestling scene in australia compared to bigger cities very like, Melbourne, Sydney. Very well. I mean, uh, WWE don't come here as much just because the ticket sales tend to die down uh, after a couple of tours, and then they go, okay, we'll just run the eastern states. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. But uh, as far as the independent companies down here go, I mean, I guess an average crowd is you know two to three hundred people, and if we can crack five hundred, we're like, wow, that was an amazing crowd. so that's the sort of numbers that you look at because people see WWE as the only thing and then anything else must be a, an imitation, a knockoff, you know, mm. that, that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. But the talent that we have with the company that I'm a part of, Riot City Wrestling and the other company, well, I guess the other main company in Adelaide, Wrestle Rampage, I mean, they have, maybe we mentioned before, world-class talent and put on great shows, you know. So uh, I think we're we're doing pretty well. And, uh, yeah, in Sydney, you've got PWA. In Melbourne, you've got Melbourne City Wrestling, who have a, a great online product. You've got EPW in Perth. Uh, AWA Grindhouse in Queensland, which is uh, like an 18 plus sort of show. So, so it's... every city's got its own oh, independent yeah. companies, but is there, is there a company that has things in different cities or are they just city centric each one? Yeah, that's exactly it. They're city centric. Um, so there's e- not, there's not one company which has one in Sydney and one in Brisbane. No, EPW in Perth, Explosive Pro Wrestling. They started in Perth in 2003, I think, or 2002, and then they actually had an Adelaide branch which is now wrestle rampage they've been through several brand changes and partnership changes with overseas promotions but yeah each city has their own you know sort of two or three companies and there's always the the one or two that have amazing shows and i recommend and then there's always the ones that you should probably steer clear of because they've <laughs> spent too much time in the backyard and not with real trainers you know what i mean so yeah yeah, yeah. oh but that, that could be pretty funny to watch <laughs> It is very funny if you want to sit there and uh, it's not funny for me, but uh, because yeah. I sit there and just go, oh no, so you, you're not helping things, guys. Down Come this on, sport too. <laughs> exactly right. You're not helping the cause, brother. But uh, yeah, yeah. sometimes it, there's. I mean, there's a series on the internet called Botchamania, which is done by a fellow called Matthew Gregg in the UK, and uh, and he does these five, ten, fifteen minute web series each month that are all botches. It's all where things have gone wrong in the ring. So you yeah. know, a, a Choreograph move hasn't happened as planned, or somebody's, you know, Hulk Hogan's botched a line on the microphone, and and uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, like it's very, 
there's definitely appeal in, you know, watching people stuff up. You know, I mean, fail videos are the most watched things on the internet, most likely besides cats. So, um, But there's yeah. a difference between watching someone who knows what they're doing stuff up than, oh, just, yeah. than just someone who doesn't know what they're doing and just totally stuffs up because they don't know what they're doing. That's it. That's exactly right. And sometimes when there's a I stuff up... I think they'd up, both be just as funny, though. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes when there's a stuff up, it can actually make things look more real because it's like, oh, that wasn't meant to happen. Or, yeah, uh, that really hurt. His neck's really broken. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's how, actually, that's funny. the that. ambulance. Yeah, it's funny that I watched a, a video. Well, actually, it's not funny. Um, I saw a video. You know, you know how when you're scrolling through Facebook through your feed and a video auto plays, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I wish I hadn't seen that," but there wasn't enough time for me to scroll down. You know, I was. <laughs> that happened earlier. I watched a guy do a moonsault off the. A what? A okay. Oh, yes, right. Wrestling jargon. Yeah, I don't I mean, know these words. Okay, so a moonsault is basically where you are standing. On the top rope, you can do it. Oh, in the corner, yeah. Yeah, you can do it standing as well, uh, facing away from your opponent, and you kind of do a backflip and splash onto onto oh. your opponent. So you're well, standing fella- up on the corner, on the top rope, like facing out to the audience. Yes. And then you fall back onto him. Yes, so basically do oh. a, yeah, like I don't know what the rotation would be there, like a, uh, like a 240 or something, a rotation, and then... Splash the guy. Well, the dude... Hang on, uh, hang on. Hang on. So when he fa- he doesn't just fall back first. He turns around, right? Yeah, so he actually connects... I'm thinking you can't fall on your back. You'll die. You, bas- you basically connect with the guy belly to belly. Okay, uh, so you t- he falls and twists and... Okay, yeah. Kind of, yeah. And this guy has just landed straight on his head. Um, oh. and, and the neck has actually... It, it was not... Not pleasant. Um, and that was one of those things where, yeah, like I said, I wish I hadn't actually seen that because that was, uh, that was terrible. But, um, yeah, but when, when nobody gets hurt, botches are, f- <laughs> are mm. quite funny. Yeah, but totally. How, how common are serious injuries? I suppose if you're good at what you're doing, not that much at all. Sometimes people even get hurt doing the damnedest things, uh, like. Like getting out of bed. I fell over. <laughs> You can do that. Hey, I I hurt, I tore my quad, uh, my quadricep muscle in my leg. Actually, bailing from the ring, I was I was part in the, on the show. I was the bad guy uh, manager, and I was out there r- running my mouth. And then all of a sudden, the big bad, you know, well, he's actually a fan favorite, but you know, big yeah. dude comes running down to the ring, chair in hand, and uh, I want I, and I wanted to tease the fact that he was nearly going to get me, but not quite. So I waited until like. Very last split second, but I waited a little too long, and I rushed actually jumping between the middle and uh, top rope, you know, to get out of the ring, and my leg got caught on the rope, and I just, something tore, and then as soon as I hit the floor, I just screamed, and uh, and one of the guys that was part of my crew, I guess you could say, he knew something was wrong, because I wasn't, again, it was not a planned spot, I was not meant to be hurt, getting sympathy, I'm a bad guy, and he just said, are you okay? And I was like, no, my quad is stuffed. And I've never torn my quad before that point, but people just talk about the burning feeling in your leg when, when that yeah. happens. And as soon as I felt that burn, I was like, oh, dude, I'm stuffed. And so here's this guy who's actually a lot smaller than me. He's one of the high-flying wrestlers, and he's, like, carrying me out of the <laughs> out of the ringside area. It was actually, looking back at it, I'm sure the footage is quite funny. But, uh, yeah, that, that was painful. And just that, you know, it was mm. a couple of weeks where I could barely walk, put weight on it, you know, just something like that. So, I mean, injury. That it can be injuries like that. Then you get devastating ones that are, can keep people out from bumps. I guess it just depends on yeah, a your training and obviously if you've been mm. been training a lot, you know, repetition is key. Um, you know, and wrestling with good people. I think that if if a wrestler goes in there with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, the chances of them getting hurt are much greater than with somebody who you know, takes care of the people that they're in there with whilst trying to make it look like they're kicking their ass. I mean, that's mm. the whole object. That's the whole objective, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm just looking at a list of people, famous people from Adelaide. That were you, you were born in Adelaide? Yeah, born and raised. Okay. I'm just looking. Sarah McLeod is from Adelaide, which I mm. knew. Sean McAuliffe is from Adelaide, which is good. Glenn Shorrock, a guy Sebastian at Eurovision right now. He's from about 10 minutes down the road from my place at uh, Paradise, yeah. Wow. Orianthe, she was that guitarist, wasn't she? For the, Michael just, for Michael Jackson. Yes, she was on the, uh, if, you've, if anybody out there has the This Is It DVD or Blu-ray, then yep, right. that's the, uh, the lovely Adelaide. guitarist. Yeah. Paul Kelly, there you go. 
Angie Hart. Oh, I remember her. Frente. Accidentally was released. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's what we have to talk about. We have to talk about you interviewed Santo Chilara. All right, let's do it. <laughs> because I still haven't listened to it. I just haven't had time. And I only, well, it was like All a week right. ago, I like I saw it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you talked to Santo. So for anyone who doesn't know, comedy legend in Australia, sort of not doing comedy that much. It's really just sports stuff he does now. But, um, oh, actually, on that, have you been paying attention? Is he like maybe a writer or or something? I don't know. He does. Yeah, I mean, he's always sort of got a, a finger he's, in the, the working yeah. dog pie, working dog productions, whether it's a little bit of work on Utopia, which is a show that they're, mm. uh, you know, I think the next season's due out fairly soon. Yeah, second uh, season's so. coming. Oh, yeah. So how did it happen that you even talked to him? Who contacted who? What did you, what was it about? It was actually pretty easy. Um, knowing that, it all comes back to wrestling, knowing that he was a, a pro wrestling fan um, and my podcast, Wrestle Radio Australia, we tried and focus on the Australian talent and, you know, what's going on down here. But I like to also interview people who are fans, you know, whether they're mm. celebrities or, or they have shows of their own, just as I can help get their stuff over and as well just have a, a bloody good chat. So always knew that Santa was a wrestling fan and I thought, bugger it. You know, I've always been a D-Gen fanatic and the late show and Frontline yep. and all that stuff. The panel I used to watch every Wednesday night and yep. I just thought, you know what, let's, let's try and get him. So I emailed Working Dog Productions and yeah, Pauline Hirsch was very, very kind and she told Santo about it. He was all for it because, you know, I think when he ever tried to talk about wrestling on the panel and shows like that, which was like a current affairs chat show in the yeah. late 90s, he kind of... We'd always have them, like, trying to hurry him up or, you know, just Yeah, come change on, nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, he'd change, they'd change Moving the subject on. and he'd just throw down his notes, like, for f- you know? <laughs> come on, man, let me get a 60-second spot, you know? One thing. Uh, uh, he met, like, the former world champion. No, no, we got to move on. He's like, God, this is a big deal, you know? But uh, So I, I just contacted them and he was all for it and we arranged a time. And that was that was pretty much it. Um, so was it was it Skype? Was it a phone call? It was Skype. Uh, I regret doing that now because I thought oh, Skype would sound a bit better. And being the fact that he's, he works at a production company and that's where he was when he actually took the call, he was at the office. I thought oh, I'm sure he'd have a decent mic hooked up for Skype and all that sort of thing. So I thought yeah, right, we'll we'll do it by Skype. And later on, I thought maybe we should have done it by phone because there was a bit of that that room sort of echo oh, when yeah. somebody's talking on a you know towards a laptop mic but uh i cleaned it up as best i could and uh it's it's a great chat it was it was just so much fun it was to sit there and chat with someone that i've been watching since i was nine or ten years old you know on telly like that was a trip and uh my other podcast, my other other podcast, actually, yeah. uh, so, Social Audio Think Tank, uh, I just did an episode of that with my mate Joshua Liston where we actually did an episode based on my interview with Rove McManus because he uh, was fascinated about, you know, how do you go about getting a big-name guest and yada, yada. And uh, so that was also, you know, I thought, geez, like we're doing a show about one of my shows. I never thought that, <laughs> I never thought that would happen, you know. Man, that, that's meta. That's what that is. <laughs> well, you know what it's like when, you, when you're on, uh, you know, part of a, a spree cast or you're part of uh, any other show where you know you're talking about peach and black podcast i mean heck you guys were highlighted in nme magazine i mean for a podcaster that's just like bow down to the king you know <laughs> what i mean that, that is huge that's massive dude your podcast the peach and black podcast about prints and all the album reviews and just the awesome show and chemistry that it is that you have with the other guys that was the first podcast i ever downloaded when i got back on i was offline for about four or five years and then when i got back online your laptop and you know yeah. the adsl connection at the house and da 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 i looked up prince and then i found through the org i think i found the peach and black show and then i'm listening to these voices and i'm hearing the name player i'm like hang on is that <laughs> who i think it is <laughs> hang on and, and then and then toe jam it turns out i used to you know used to chat yeah. and then i find out that you are who you were I'm like holy shit <laughs> it's a reunion but uh that i mean yeah that it's always been a special show to me because it was it was the first pod that i downloaded and then i uh-huh. and then i started finding out okay podcasts Let's get into mm. these things and start listening to some more, you know, and uh, yeah, great show. Thank you. The weird thing is I don't listen to any podcast at all. Really? None. I, I haven't, <laughs> I just don't find it that interesting to listen to other people's opinions. How <laughs> ironic is that coming from you? I know. Oh, I, I love that. I have That's really right. strong opinions and I don't want to <laughs> listen to any contrary opinions. 
So I just don't listen to anything. I listen to music, and that's about it. Like, I have listened to the Prince podcast once or twice, and um, the Michael Dean one is a Freedom Train, whichever one that is. I listened to one or two of those, like, just after we started, just to see, you know, what are we doing? What are other people doing? And that was it. That was enough. I never listened to any, again, about anything. So, anyway... It's a great comedy podcast. I love listening to just because it's it's a barrel of laughs. And again, like the two guys that do it, they have a an amazing back and forth uh, chemistry. It's called Dan and Carl's Zeitgeist, and they're two guys I believe from Brisbane. Uh-huh. Really funny stuff. And every every uh, second Monday, they put out a YouTube video called The Pre-Geist, which is them right before they actually start recording the show. Oh, okay. um, I highly recommend it. If, if you're a fan of, oh, how do I put it? If you're a fan of like drive time radio, but, you know, without the cliched, yeah. I guess, uh, topics and, you know, like, oh, oh mate, Jono. If, yeah, if, you, if you've ever got caught with something, give us a call and tell us all about it. That stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's just a great, a great fun shows i recommend that one if you if you want to laugh you know it's good talking about comedy did we finish what we were talking about where were we i don't know we went on went from wrestling to the peach and black podcast i don't jeez we're all over the shop today so tell me your podcast you do the wrestle radio what is it riot city wrestling what's the name of it the official okay. name all right riot city wrestling's the promotion that i uh, commentate for the podcast is called wrestle radio australia and that drops every week i'm trying to keep it to a, a tuesday like an every tuesday sort of schedule now uh, uh, it was Fridays, and uh, so Friday, you know, it's, the weekend's not an, a, an apt time to listen to uh, to podcasts or to uh, you know, sort of. So yeah, we so we try and cover the the latest goings on in Australian wrestling, and also uh, have interviews. So um, that's that's sort of what we're all about there. And uh, used to talk about the American stuff, but there's a million shows out there that talk about yeah. the latest John Cena uh, match and everything. So we just keep it to the, the local stuff. And uh, numbers have dropped a bit since we've done that, but I find that, you know, we're we're doing something unique and different. So that's what that's about. Yeah, well, what's the point of doing talking about the same thing that, you know, there's 25 other podcasts talking about? Probably having the same opinion, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. yeah. So there's that one. Is that the one that Santo was on? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. the one. And then you've got the other one. There's, no, there's two others, isn't there? There's Social Audio Think Tank, which is done with... Uh, it's, well, it's not my show. It's Joshua Liston and Jackson Rogers. It's their show. But Jackson had to take, had to take some time off podcasting and whatnot. So, uh, so I've sort of jumped in there. And it's a podcast about podcasting. And uh, so we just sort of throw our, our ideas around and, uh, you know, have a bit of a rant here and there. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's refreshing to, as a listener for so long and now being on the show, it's refreshing to hear a, a podcast about podding that isn't just trying to sell you, you know, the latest WordPress plugin and all that sort of stuff. The, click on our affiliate link. Uh, you know, that's yeah. great. If, if people can monetize their show, good on you. But yeah. uh, ours isn't about that. You know, it's just about just having a, a good chat and they're not too long you know maybe 10 minutes to half an hour so uh a nice little one there if you've got a, a short ride home it's good uh-huh. see that's one thing with peach and black we we never really you know we thought about monetizing and then we thought nah because prince won't like that the minute we make one cent that's it we're done he's you know we're cut off that's there's nothing else that's a very so, very good point because uh, other podcasts they 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 might have been free and then they changed to charging you know even if it's just a dollar an episode you know you do you do you, a thousand people listen to it you made a thousand bucks yeah but I think the yeah. benefits we got non monetary <laughs> were much better than just getting some cash oh totally dude that's <laughs> that yeah. goes without saying especially the New York meeting episode yeah that, that you, you can't you can't make that shit up that's the best part about it is that you can, just cannot it. it's amazing that show and just hearing your experience you know and what it's one thing when somebody is telling the story of another person's perspective or telling somebody else's story even you know uh, but to hear that experience first from hand. from you guys firsthand you know it, man <laughs> it, unreal Unreal. The, the funnier thing would have been, though, because as soon as that night was over, me and MC went straight back to the hotel. And I can't remember what time it was in Australia, but we Skyped Toe Jam and Player. And that was about a, a four-hour conversation, you know, repeating everything that had just happened. But we never even entered our brain to record that. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's stuff we forgot. There had to have been. There was there was a lot happened in that short time. But anyway, we didn't, so too bad. <laughs> and occasionally we'll, we'll be recording and we'll be like, 
oh, do you remember when, when, when he said that or I said this? And we're like, have we ever even mentioned that since it happened? Because, you know, something will just pop into your brain out of nowhere and you're like, everyone forgot about that. Even we forgot about that. That's crazy. Well, the show that I think is still my favorite Peach and Black episode is the show about nothing, which I think was just some lost audio that you guys just decided, <laughs> hey, we'll just throw this out there. And it's still my favorite app because it's just, it's, it's a hodgepodge of randomness. Uh, I think it was, it was brilliant. I think shows like that, that, that that's what this show is. <laughs> Well, I think shows that bring out the personality of, of the, the hosts as well, you know, it's good to sort of have those now and then is to just throw in an oddball episode. And, and that way I think people can, if people can relate to you more, then they're obviously going to relate to, uh, you know, the, sh- the show in general, just because they enjoy you as a person. You know, I think that's, that's half of podcasting is that people actually enjoy you as a person. So, uh, no wonder my numbers have gone down lately because, uh, I've been talking too much, but no, it's <laughs> not that. Just um, so unlikable. <laughs> Hashtag heal. <laughs> Bad guy. But see, stuff like that, that's, that's the thing that I, that's what this show I think is. It's just, that's why I, I don't think I've even called this show a podcast, even though I suppose technically it is. It's just a conversation though. And it's like, I didn't talk to you before the show. We click start the call on Skype. And we're like, okay, let's start. And yeah, I, I, I said, hey, how you going? And you're like, no, no, let's get into it. Save it for the show. And I love that. I, I think that that's always the, the, the best way to go. Because when you listen to like commercial radio and those morning shows, you can tell that, okay, so we're going to have this gag here, this gag here. And yeah. then, oh, oh, mate, oh, jeez, I'm not touching that one with a dead football. Boing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's what we need. We, we need. we need more boing sound effects. <laughs> we might get some more listeners. <laughs> that's right. Just chuck those in in post. We'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, that you just reminded me. David Letterman, who has now finished. He's done. From a bunch of other people, not me, obviously, other people who have been on that show, they say that as well. It's like he doesn't, you know, maybe one in a million, he'll meet someone before a show. But he wants to save everything for the show. As soon as you walk out, that's the first time you see each other and start start talking, which is a really smart thing to do because if you've already talked, you know, where's that spontaneous thing? I mean, even though those shows, you know, well, I'm going to ask you, oh, I heard you've been on a summer holiday. Where did you go? And then you, you tell a story. But if you already know that story, you're going to be much less interested in it the second time around. So it's a lot and better to just go spontaneous. This is the first time we've talked. Do it now. And you can tell when somebody has sort of had that run through, like one of my favorite radio shows ever martin malloy uh and even Ooh, even martin malloy i want to get hey. tony martin on this show that's what oh I'm... well if you do that then i must join you on that uh call because that would be i think the i think i could die after that actual <laughs> moment i think uh you know having t martin on also get this with ed cavalier was another show that he did where they would they would write their gags and they would say i've got a spot here you've got a get spot this. here that get this that's it. But they would never go over the material with each other. They'd be like, I've got a spot here that's about 40 seconds, or I've got a spot here that's about, you know, and then they would just let it happen. They'd tell the producer, obviously, because he's got to hit the buttons, you know, but uh, they they would try, and that's why it was it felt so spontaneous and off the cuff, because uh, they would just let make sure it was natural. They knew that that was the key to a... A good show, really, you know, and a different show. Spontaneous. So, that's right. You need to pull those nickelback gags out from, from out of nowhere, you know what I mean? You can't you can't you can't spoil those. Jeez. Uh, you know, nickelback I think will never fail to be a punchline. Like to this day I still hear like jokes or stuff. Nickelback is the punchline. It's still funny. Because they're just so horrible. It's great. But you know what's not great? Great segue there. Martin Malloy. And, you know, once the best show ever, and now don't even talk to each other. I know, right? All because of Boytown Confidential. Boytown, which was not, you know, the best movie, but wasn't it about the, like, the behind the scenes, like, Tony made yes. a behind the scenes thing, and then Mick didn't like it, and then that was it. It was over. Yep, he made a mockumentary. There's a, uh, so basically Boytown, it's funny, because Boytown was a mockumentary of a boy band and then tony decided when they were when people are filming other scenes and sitting here with we've got 20 minutes half an hour with this guy he would just sit down and record interviews with them but it wasn't sort of scripted Mm. they would sit there for ages and ages and try and get these awkward sort of reactions and answers and because they were awkward they were real that made it feel more Mm. so anyway so tony did this production documentary uh, about the mockumentary yep exactly right and in Hello. And, uh, and apparently from all reports, it wasn't released because it was actually funnier than the film. 
it was meant to be like a DVD extra or, you know, one of those uh, bonuses that would come out, you know, six months later with the, the deluxe box set yeah. release, that sort of thing. And, yeah, that's pretty much the reason why, I think, because it was so much funnier than the movie was these these interviews, these sit-down interviews. And, uh, yeah, they had a bit so of a, a falling think, out. Do you think Mick, Mick Malloy, do you think he – there's, like, two ways I could look at this. Mick was offended because this mockumentary about the mockumentary behind the scenes thing was funnier than the movie that he had made and like he directed it or something, didn't he? I don't think it was. There's that. Or then there's, was Mick offended because he thought Tony was making fun of the movie, which was his movie? No, I think he was insecure about the fact that it was funnier than the movie that he and therefore had Tony a big part in writing. Yes. Was funnier than him. Yes. I don't, I, 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 my belief and my, my thought process leads me to that conclusion because I think it's uh, pretty much a known fact. It's a known fact that I think Tony is funnier than Mick just because I think he's more of an all rounder when it comes to, when it comes to comedy and and television and that sort of thing. I love Mick Malloy. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think that, you know, there's certain things that Mick does that Tony can't do, and there's certain things that, or a lot of things that Tony can do that Mick can't, and I think that's why they're actually a great team. Mm. Um, yep. You know, so, I mean, it's it's the same. I bring it always bring it back to wrestling. My gosh, people are going to go, gosh, shut up, dude. <laughs> but but a great tag team, you know. You've always yep. got the, the guy that's the speed and the technician, and then you've got the the muscle, you know, the brute power. Uh, and I, and it, they were just always a great, a great combo in that way, you know. Now, if I tried to get – it's just how I, some miraculous thing. I got Tony Martin on the show. Then no chance me could ever come on or the other way around. <laughs> no, well, not on the same episode. Oh, no, but, uh, but Mick just might go, oh, you had Tony on, get stuffed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't, not I, talking I, to you. I don't know. Well, actually, you know what? Justin Hamilton's uh, podcast, we're plugging every other bloody show here but our own. <laughs> Can you take this photo, please? He's a, an Aussie comedian. For folks who don't know, Justin Hamilton, he has a lot of, well, basically has other comedians on his uh, show. He's had some fascinating interviews, and there is actually one, there's several with Tony, but there's one in particular where he does talk about the Boytown confidential scandal. Ah. So he doesn't go into details as to, I guess, the feud, but he talks about the actual project. So I think once you hear him sort of talk about it, mm. you, you might make up, you know your own mind as to uh, why they're not talking but that's a beauty i'll link you that one it's a good one mm, justin hamilton i've heard the name i don't think i've seen him but again go to youtube he's right there i can see him there's his face <laughs> youtube's great isn't it but you know what episode three i talked to rory scoville yes which i thought was a, a massive scoop to talk to big time well not big time but big american comedian you know on tv on tv sitcoms in america i was pretty impressed with that <laughs> That was a good listen, you know, and it's a guy that I'm not very familiar with, but it was it was a great a great show, great podcast. Well, I I did that, and I was I really wasn't thinking about anyone who would listen to the show. I'm just like I want to ask these questions and find out stuff for myself. The same as when I'm talking to you. I mean, people listen to this, great, they they can hear it, but I'm just asking questions that I want to know the answer to. <laughs> and it was great to talk, you know, about comedy to a comedian who knows what he's doing. That was great. Yeah. And that was like, for me, I think part of the appeal of talking to people like Rove and Santo was that having to watch what they do for so long and them talking about, about it and putting themselves also into, how do I put it? Like they've had the same experiences that we've had, whether it's uh, having, uh, stressing over an interview that's not recording. And then of course you find out that it's not and you've got some mm. big star there that's like he, he, he mentioned, <laughs> he mentioned uh, the Kylie Minogue incident where he, Years and years and years ago, we're talking like the mid two thousands or something on on his uh, Australian late night show. Rove he yeah. had had Kylie Minogue on, and so they were. I don't know if you've heard the episode yet. The I podcast. haven't. I haven't. Like I told, like I told you, I don't listen to podcasts. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. But now yeah. I'm going to listen to the one with Santo and possibly the one with Rove. With with the uh, with Rove, it was a case of uh, they were having this interview with Kylie Minogue, and they you know had the camera set up, everything. They're sitting there, and they're about halfway through, and Kylie didn't have much time. They, they had like a 15 minute sort of window to do this interview, uh-huh. and so they're halfway through, and the cameraman just is kind of like waving him over, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, no, 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 it's not recording. There was no tape in oh. the camera. 
So Kylie apparently was really pissed off. They rushed through the the interview once they they got a tape in there, and then Kylie blacklisted Rove McManus for years because Ooh. they <laughs> because she was like, "Oh, you don't know what you're doing," sort of thing. And then later on, they actually um, you know got her back on. But uh, yeah, because yeah, Todd was my my co-host Todd Eastman. He was talking about the fact that he was on my back all week saying a better bloody record and nothing better <laughs> happened. You know, we better actually have this in the can once we spend an hour talking to Rove. And, uh, yeah. and, and he sort of related to us in that way. And I thought that was really cool because he's been in that position before as a community TV host or whatever where, you know, like, you know, maybe five people are watching this, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but we're still going to put on a show, that sort of thing. And uh that was one, I, it, it was a top bloke. That was one thing I really liked about The Late Show is it, it really felt like it was made, again, not really caring about the audience that was going to watch it. It felt yeah. like someone just with a bunch of like home video cameras just filming some stuff, like shit scared. It's like, you know, eight people might see this, so what? Yeah. And that, that, that's like the whole appeal of that show to me is like it's not, you know, like every show now just panders exactly to the audience. It's like, well, we've got to have the jokes and we've got to do this and that because that's what people want to see. In this show, some of the stuff was just so ridiculous. You're just like, what is happening? Like halfway and- through the show, they'd have a toilet break, and the toilet break <laughs> consists the toilet break consisted of a two to three minute <laughs> video clip, usually from a show called Potluck, which yep. legit was Potluck. They would take talent acts like X Factor, but they would just take them in off the street. People would rock up, do their thing, and yep. uh, Bernard King would sit there and just go, "How long have?" you rehearsed young man let me tell you do you have a singing teacher yes well i would suggest getting a new one because that was terrible 14 out of 100 (laughs) that's exactly right and and then back on with the show but that just moments like that commercial crime stoppers taking local tv ads that are usually starring the person who owns the business you know what i mean uh ken bruce has gone completely mad (laughs) have you seen the ads for a new show called open slather no well let me just send you a link right now because what it is it is sketch comedy with some of our favorite people it has gina riley glenn robbins magda sabansky stephen curry shane kenny and they're just the ones that i see in the picture and there's more it's got a whole bunch of new people dave eastgate is one of them because i know him and it's it's on comedy channel on foxtel which means i won't be able to see it straight away but you know it took foxtel uh, you know basically a pay tv cable company to spend money on australian sketch comedy because apart from like kinney there's been nothing for years and well, the ad, like, the ads, the ads for Kinney actually put me off it. I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to enjoy okay. this. I saw the ads and I thought, who's this idiot? And then yep. I, watched <laughs> yeah. I watched it and I, I was actually laughing out loud. No pun. I was laughing. I said Shane Kenny. I meant Shane Jacobson. Oh, that's all right then. But he was Kenny in the show, which is why I said that. Gotcha. Not to be confused with Kinney, but um, you know, it's fast forward half half of them i hope it's good because i remember let loose live i was so excited about that did you ever see that let loose live when about when was oh, this god i don't know a few years ago and i think it got three episodes and they just that was it but it was basically the same thing it had like michael veach who is just just his face alone is enough to make me laugh <laughs> and that was i thought it was a good show and peter moon you know all those classic guys the uh the fast forward crew yeah and this is, again, yeah. this is more of that. So I just hope it's good. I want it to be good. I want it to succeed because I want to watch it. And I want to see more of it, not four episodes. And then, oh, no, nah, not enough people watched it. But Foxtel said that they're going to give them 20 episodes and then see what happens after that. So hopefully it's great. Executive producer is the guy who did all of Chris Lilly's stuff. So, you know, Angry Boys, Summer Heights High. Oh, I love his stuff. Oh, gee. It should be good. Jonah from Tonga. That is like I don't I don't care what people say. That show is fucking hilarious, right? And yep. it is I have I mean I used to go to school with kids who were just, just like, like that. Just like that. I remember I remember a Kiwi kid called Lewis and he was he, he was like I tell you what, he was just like Jonah. It was I'm and I'm not joking. You yep. know? It's uh those characters. Daniel and Nathan on Angry Boys, like, mm. man, I, I again, I, you know, I always knew kids like that who were just those little shit bags, you know, those, yep. those, those, those little rascals that would, that, yep. they'd hit you, they'd pick <laughs> on you, they'd take your lunch money, they'd, they'd call your names and, 
at the end of the day, they were always popular, but at the same yeah. time, people looked at them and went, you're still a dickhead, mate, you know, <laughs> and, and they're those kids, you know. See, that's the thing. I mean, Chris Lilly, some of Chris Lilly's stuff got a lot of criticism. You know, some people said it was racist and you can't say this and you can't do that, but, you know, that's comedy. You can't tell comedy, oh, you know, you can't do that. That's not funny. If you want to go down the freedom of speech line, you know, you can say whatever you want. Some people might think it's funny. Some people are not going to think it's funny. But political correctness has killed so much comedy. It's pathetic. It's amazing when you look back at that stuff from the from the eighties, especially Paul Hogan. You know, all that. Just even even the first couple of years of Fast Forward was. You know, now I go back and watch Kingswood Country if you want to see something funny. Oh, jeez, leave the leave the money on the fridge, you <laughs> bloody wog. Yeah, <laughs> best show ever. Oh, mate. But see, now that show just would not even it wouldn't even get past like the first person in like any sort of production place. It'd be like, what is this? No way, we can't show that. You said this word and you implied this. You know, that's just rubbish. It's unless total you, rubbish. Un, unless you are actually ethnic, like a, like a Paul Fennick who does houses and pizza yeah. and that sort of stuff, you can you can get you away can, with it. You can bend those rules and you can you can you know really take it to the to the cliff with the with some of the ideas that they have. And and again, it's it's characters. I think that like sometimes a bit too much of that show is a bit overwhelming. It's a bit much, but those characters are relatable. You know, because There's, they're real people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Are, because I know people like all of those people. It was so ridiculous. We should talk a little bit about uh, Letterman, a bit more about David Letterman, because uh, him wrapping up his, his oh, yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, I've been a fan since. My gosh, it, when I think when it moved to CBS Channel Nine in Australia, picked it up. So that yeah, would have I been. Was, I was just thinking the other night. Didn't this used to be on Channel Nine? And it did. Yeah, I'm sure. And now it's been on Channel Ten for years now, though. Yeah, I reckon 1994. I was about ten years old, and I just I got into it like I was yeah, hooked. But see, there was an article. Oh, I don't even want to call it an article. It's just garbage on news.com.au, which is a garbage website. And which is why you were which is why you were perusing it at the time. Well, it, like, it I need my I need my news. trash fix. I it used to have stuff. news, and out of habit, I still go to it. But it's just the last like year; it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now it's like I, I don't even want. I'm going to delete it. I just don't want to even go there anymore. <laughs> Journalism is uh, yeah, is, a, is quite a loose <laughs> as a profession these days. I must say it's like this, and it was you know David Letterman, 33 years. It's the end. It's all over. And this guy called James Law, that's his name, look him up, he, um... Jimmy Law. Jimmy Law, he writes an article, and it's called, David Letterman ends, good riddance, you were never that funny anyway. What? And, oh, it's total, like, clickbait garbage, because that's what news.com.au, that's all they do these days, is just, you know, people click on this and we get advertising money, that's what it's all about. Who cares what we say, it doesn't matter, just get people to click on it. And, and it worked, because there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of comments going, you are an idiot... David Letterman is a legend, and you're a total nobody hack. And it's just a hilarious thing to read the comments. I mean, even as a fan, I'll admit that the the last few years have not been. The show hasn't been as, I guess, fun as it used to be back in the day. Um, nothing ever is. Well, that's that's true, but I also found that there was a lot more. I, I remember the skits that he used to do. One of the funniest yeah. things I remember was uh, when Steve Martin was on the show, and this would have been about, yeah, 15-odd years ago, and it was uh, Steve and Dave's gay vacation. And it oh, was, they, they just replayed that, yeah. Oh, that was, that was so, so funny. <laughs> and every time they'd have Richard Simmons on, like, it was just, yeah. it was absolute magic the way that those two would work each other. And Richard Simmons, he was in on it. You know, back in the day, it was like, hey, you know, you copy it. <laughs> but you, there you watch those skits and you know that he was in on it and his fans, you know, obviously gave him the sympathy vote and they were, yeah. you know, that's, that's what they sort of, fed on and put over and then from dave's side it was the fact that well come on you're oiling yourself up like a turkey so <laughs> if you're going to stand there basted and ready for baking then i guess i'm going to yeah. have to make jokes about you see, and it was uh, awesome see a show like that how you can you cannot do that every single day and be hilarious mm. of course there's going to be nights which are not as good as other nights and that can be guest dependent it can be his mood dependent it could be anything but oh this this guy this stupid guy i don't want to talk about him anymore <laughs> Oh, it's going to be, it's so sad because what am I going to watch now? I mean, the weird thing is Conan's like the only old guy left. Leno's gone. Craig Ferguson is gone. And now Letterman is gone. I know that Jimmy Fallon cops a fair bit of shit, and sometimes his uh, shilling is, like for people's yeah. films and things like that, is just so unbelievable, like non-believable, I guess is the best way to put it. But he is so friggin' talented, that guy. 
that that's what gets him over the line is that he the guy can sing his impressions he can he really is an all-rounder and i think that that's where in the end he's going to be he's going to do just fine because he can do so much and I don't know. I, th- I just think that he's there's a real there's a real star factor with with Jimmy Fallon, and he comes he, when he's when he's speaking to the audience, he does come across quite genuine. Um, and that's actually one thing I loved about Dave's finale was that the way that you know the show ended in the last couple of minutes, um, I think was was very respectful, and I think that he he showed that. Uh, he showed his, his true class as an entertainer and as a person in television in the sense that it wasn't all about him. He didn't make this a big mm. wank fest over, over, hey, look at me, I'm David Letterman, yeah. um, you know, thank me for everything I've done for, for television. It was, it was nothing like that. And I, and I felt that that was the, the best thing about the actual finale yeah. was that he just, he treated the people he worked with on the show with the utmost respect. And, and that was very, very cool. I, I dug that. But he's always been like that, that sort of, with that sort of thinking, it's always been, how did I get here? How, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. I'm not, he's, you know, he, he doesn't come out and say, I'm the star David Letterman. He's just the face. But then, yeah, there's all these other people who were making the show. Yeah. And he's just that guy. He was a great guy. At what he did, but um, it's yeah, it's going to be weird that now I can't see that show anymore. So who's taking over Dave's spot? Stephen Colbert. Okay. Which is going to be weird because he was on the Colbert Report for I don't know how many years that went for, but he was always in that character, and I've never seen him just be himself. And I think so many people are just waiting to see not just what he's going to do with the show, but what is the real Stephen Colbert like? Because nobody knows, you know, unless you know him, which I don't. I've just seen the show. <laughs> And he was always in that character. So it's going to be interesting. And, and John Stewart's leaving as well. And no more Craig Ferguson as of a I while know. ago. I so. know. That, that's, I mean, you can watch Celebrity Name Game, but it's, it's just not the same. He's a funny bastard. He is. Oh, oh, man. I'm just hoping that now that he, you know, now that he's got time, he's going to come to Australia and do some shows because that was always his excuse not for coming. You know, he's been here once, like in the 80s sometime. And he went, anytime somebody asked him about coming to Australia, he's like, oh, I went, I remember a strip club in Adelaide in the 80s. He tells this story. But I just hope now that he's got time. Whenever a celebrity comes to Adelaide, they've always got a crazy horse strip club story. That's always the way. That was it. That was crazy horse. That was the one. Always the one. I used to work across the road from that place in Hindley Street. So (laughs) I've seen some craziness. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, all I can say is it's going to be weird. There's, there's like an empty spot there now, and there's not going to be anything until September. Like Craig had guest hosts filling in between until when James Corden started, but the Late Show's not doing that. They're just done now, and they're coming back in September. So there isn't even going to be a show at all for the next, what is it, June, July, or the next three months. So there's just this big gap. It's sad. I wonder if David Letterman will come on this show. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm sure he would. He's because he's such a recluse, uh, yeah. you know. That, that I'm sure he would he would that jump the, on this that was program. The thing is, you you know, anytime when there was a guest sitting there, and anytime Dave mentioned anything about, oh yeah, I'd go and see that, and they're like, no, you won't. <laughs> you don't do anything. You never leave your house. You come <laughs> from the house straight to the studio, and then you go home again. You don't go anywhere. Oh, it's, and it, it was funny because then you you see that you know because of course he he comes out with the monologue and he's like, oh, I was walking in Central Park today and I saw two squirrels polishing their nuts and whatever whatever joke he does but you know he wasn't walking in central park because he just doesn't do that so it was so fun howard stern was great on letterman every time because dave always sort of like opened up a bit more with him and and howard always got stuff out of letterman which i think no one else did which was great because howard stern is a great interviewer i've seen a couple of clips on youtube of again how great is youtube of uh you think we have shares in that place or something (laughs) shares in google (laughs) I've seen a couple of clips where Letterman has been on Howard Stern's show, and I don't know what it is about Howard Stern, whether it's just the guests know what the audience is there to hear, and that's people, yeah, opening up or, or telling the scandalous stories or, you know, letting letting people into that part of their lives where they normally wouldn't. I don't know if it, part of it's that or if Howard just has this persuasive that's person it. personality that, that's what it is. where where people sort of once when he's behind that microphone he is like the pilot of a plane you know and people says like, all right well you, you're there and you may we may have a bit of turbulence but in the end i i trust you to get the job done and and get this over the line and i think that may be sort of whether it's, it's that's what it is with him i don't know but it's amazing how he can just get almost whatever he wants out of oh, a guest yeah. 
on the mic. It's No, I've heard someone talking about this just in the last few days, and they're like, when you're there, you're in this little booth, and it's like so intimate. And Howard's just talking to you, and you're just in this little dark room with the headphones on, and he, he's not persuasive, but he's just – he like hypnotizes you with his voice. Because I suppose everyone – you know, in America, a lot of people listen to Howard Stone. So when you're on the show, you just talk. You don't even think that there's people listening. It's just you and him right there. Yep. And yeah, he's, he's a master interviewer, and I wish we could get his show in Australia. I don't think we can, legally. <laughs> oh, there's got to be a stream uh, somewhere. There's no podcast of it. I don't know. I haven't looked that far into it, but mm. I, I wish it was just like on the radio here. <laughs> but it's not going to be. I mean, you, you, even in America, you've got to pay for it. It's on Sirius. Well, one thing I'd love to talk to you about, because I'm sure you'll be opinionated on it, and it's something that I'm oh, let's I'm go. always opinionated on. Here we bloody go. And uh, radio, FM radio, commercial oh. radio. Now, it is it has most certainly changed in the last, what, 30-odd years over that time, especially in the last 20 years, it's become a, oh. I guess, formulaic. There is a, a a formula, like a recipe, if you will, to the way that commercial radio, FM radio's been done. Yeah. Do you listen to radio? Because I, I, I don't, really. Everything I sort of take in as far as audio goes these days is podcasts and music and, and YouTube, you know, v- streaming music on YouTube. If, say, I am stuck with the radio in the car, I'm like, shit, I forgot to bring my phone and my iPod. Damn Damn it. Um, I'll put it on talkback because I just find it a bit, just a bit easier to take in. As someone who's a little older than I am, what can you remember that moment when you sort of you heard the radio changing and it was like, oh, gee, this is this is not what it used to be. I don't remember it changing specifically, but I do remember just not listening to the radio anymore. Right. Like on FM, like here in Sydney, you've got WSFM, which is like a classic hits thing. It's all like, you know, 70s, 80s, maybe some 90s. Easy listening. It's not easy listening, but it's, uh, (laughs) there is, there is that one as well, which I do listen to as well sometimes. But I remember at one point I was listening to like, you know, Today FM and Triple M, the, the big commercial ones. And I just remember thinking, this is just horrible. One of the issues was the horrible compression they use on FM radio, which just makes it sound loud and slightly distorted and just garbage to my ears. That was one of the reasons. But I just remember just not wanting to listen to it anymore. I didn't consciously notice a change, but I'm sure subconsciously I'm just like, I don't want to hear this anymore. I think I noticed it with the repetition because for me the repetition's a big one. You're hearing those songs over and over and say you're working a shift and they make you you listen to a particular radio station while you're at work. And so, yeah, so every hour for eight, nine hours, you just hear the same oh, it's quarter past playlist. Three. There's, um, we are the champions again. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> but mostly the new stuff, I can handle some of the, uh, the classic rock if that's on a repeat. I don't mind. But when you've got these horrible, insipid, annoying songs with just, for instance, you hear songs on the radio, people like Justin Timberlake who are using, uh, auto-tune. It's like, dude can sing! You do not need auto-tune! Yeah. But you can, you can hear it even on the radio with all that compression, you know? And it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's just not not the same. It's not as uh, there isn't that that organic feel, even with the comedy shows. You know, uh, sometimes you have to go to com- uh, community radio to hear, you know, to hear some just uh, some more natural kind of banter. You know, who um, used to be great on commercial radio. Yep. A guy who can just talk absolute nonstop about any garbage you want to throw at him. I'm waiting for it. Is Akmal? Oh, Akmal. I thought you were going to say Spoon Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Akmal. He can just talk about anything and make somehow it's funny not always but sometimes when it's not funny it's even funnier if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. but i don't know if he was on radio in in adelaide but he was this is a few years back now and he could just you know i think he did like afternoon might have been drive time for like two or three hours and it was just non-stop garbage and it was hilarious because <laughs> he he would do those same things like oh if you've ever been caught you know doing a, a donkey whatever you know <laughs> call up and tell us about it and just, you know, the way he talks about things, he's, he's very funny. I like Akmal. He's good. I've seen um, the times when, and I know what you mean by not being funny, actually being funny. And that was sometimes mm. when he was on Good News Week and he yep. would just, like, he'd be so stumped. And as that, <laughs> but, but watching this pothead trying to remember the answer or trying to come up with a witty <laughs> line was often, often funnier than the material. It, it was oh, yeah. gold itself. You know what I mean? I, I uh, yeah, but th- then sometimes, yeah, you're like the not being funny would actually not be funny. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's hit and miss, but yeah. 
but yeah, how comedians deal with a, a joke that just doesn't work well sometimes is the best thing. <laughs> like I, I talked, I was talking to Rory about that because there was a few times I can't remember exactly what he did or how he did it, but he'd do a joke and it, it might have been it was a really American centric joke and Australians just didn't get it. And just the way he just just kept going or made a comment about it, that was so much funnier than you know whatever the joke was. Even if I got the joke, it's just how they deal with it is. You know, that's that's somebody who knows what they're doing. And often that admission of failure, mm. you know, is, is, is quite endearing as well, you know, and that's often a very good way to handle it is that if something's stuffed up, go, oh, that was shit, wasn't it, you know? And that's often going to get yeah. a laugh because you go, yeah, we hear you, mate. It's good on you, you know? Because, yeah, I think there was one, he said something and you know, like three people laughed out of like a full comedy store and he's just like, oh, I'll make sure to do that one again tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, it's, it was just good. I'll make sure, I'll make sure that one's in the set when I record my DVD. <laughs> That's going to go down a treat. That's going to be in the trailer. That's going to be in the fucking, that will sell units <laughs> right there, that yep. gag. Yeah. FM radio. Yeah. I did listen to Talkback for a couple of years. I just totally went off FM altogether. And then I just got really sick of that because I realized it's just whinging people. That's all it is. Your, uh, your AM Talkback. It is. like, And it took me a while to realize that because for a while I just thought, oh, yes, I think that. But then after a while I just like, yeah, I think that. But that's just – it's just people ringing up and just complaining about, you know, a, a cyclist drove past me and said something. And it's all these like totally personal stories. It's like mm-hmm. I'm not that interested in these total strangers' stories. And so I just stopped listening to Talkback as well because it was – again, it's just horrible. I don't know. Players sent me that link not that long ago. Oh, you stop listening to new music when you're like 33. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Because <laughs> I couldn't tell you any song in the last like four or five years. Well, I'm 30 and except, yeah, except, I'm not. Except for, except for K-pop. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm keeping up with for some reason. But anything like, yeah, Western music, it's just, oh, it's horrible. And I just don't have the energy to go and, you know, find some good new music. I think it's, yeah, you, it's, and now it's knowing where to start. Like, okay, where do I go looking for the, for the, the good mm. tunes? And so now, of course, I'm going to go to the stuff that I grew up on, the classics, you know, and sort of get it back into that that field, you know. So if I was if I was going to look for new music now, you know, I'd probably, I mean, geez, I'd probably be looking at like the the latest Steel Panther album or something, you know, because uh, that's that's the extent of the the new music that I that I take in as well. It's um, yeah, I I don't know I don't know what it is. I mean, part of it is that being disillusioned by everything that you hear on the radio and whatnot. And it's just like, gee, music sucks, and then. Is there actually good music out there? Oh, geez, I don't know if I, again, have the energy to actually look for it, seek it out. The, and answer, then... to the answer to that question, though, is, is there good music out there? Anyone, like, under 30 will be like, oh, of course there is. Here's this and this and this and this and this. And anyone over 30 will be like, nah, just listen to the stuff you got. <laughs> yeah, true. And anyone under 30 is <laughs> going, oh, that's stuff from 30 years ago. That's all garbage. That's what do you all... listen to that for? What is this old people's music? Yeah, Grandpa. <laughs> there aren't enough computers involved in the production of this music. I, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, you, I, I, it's you know, too analog sounding. Yeah. <laughs> so that's music. Yeah. Just quickly, I got to talk about that Spice Girls Prince comparison, real quick for all that for all our Prince friends out there and the, the shushes. Hey guys, hey girls, yeah, and everybody. What what this I don't remember this reference at all. So refresh my memory. Okay. So you guys on the Peach and Black podcast recently reviewed, or a couple of months ago now, whenever it was, reviewed the Exodus album by the NPG. Yes. Featuring one Prince Rogers Nelson. Now, uh, oh, slash Tora Tora. It was Toe Jam said it, right? What's that? This quote that you're going to say. No, but years ago when I heard the song Exodus Has Begun, which is on this album, right, I thought, geez, I've heard this somewhere before. Like, it's it just sounded familiar, just the, the, the tone of the song. Maybe it's the key. It's in, I don't know. It was just, this sounds familiar. And then I remembered that it sounded just like a Spice Girls song called Move Over, which was on the Spice World album and uh, also in a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, because I remember Toe Jam said it sounds like it's a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, because of the generation after generation. Uh, And and, and the song and the Spice Girls song is, um, uh, that's right, they're like, like, generation next, next. And and that's kind of the, the similarity. But it just the way it builds as well in the... 
from the verse to the chorus. Very similar. So I don't know, because it was released after the Prince album, I don't know if somebody heard that and was subliminally channeling Mm. uh, the NPG. But yeah, it put those two songs back to back, folks. The Exodus has begun and move over by the Spice Girls. (laughs) And tell me you don't hear some bloody similarities there. Because I did that. I did that after that because I I couldn't, I just couldn't think what Spice Girls song sounds anything like Exodus. And then I went and listened (laughs) to that song. And I did hear a, a slight resemblance but it was to me it was just like the the overall oh what's the right Right. words like the the sonic palette yep it's just the way it's all put together maybe it's the production i don't know but there was something that i heard and i'm like oh that does sound a bit like it but overall i'd say not really (laughs) but slightly i'm just trying to piss off ape of prince fans how (laughs) dare you compare a prince dog to a spice girl oh my god let me tell you something player prince ain't never gonna sound like no spice girl man he ain't no male b he ain't no scary space what the fuck you talking <laughs> shit man let me tell you something about prince he's a musical genius them spice girls are nothing but muppets let me tell you something man simon oh. howls muppets shut up already damn yeah that's it <laughs> that's a good end to the show right there <laughs> thank you and good night drive safely well, there we go. That's a show. This is episode four. Oh, I'm amazed there was even episode four, really. <laughs> it's great. So uh, t- tell me, your, where do I listen? Well, not me, but where would people listen to your podcast? What's Where is it? YouTube? Or where is it? All right. Wrestle Radio Australia and Social Audio Think Tank. That's the one about podcasting. You can find on iTunes. Stitcher, uh-huh. TuneIn Radio. I know TuneIn Radio. Oh, yeah, good. TuneIn's good. TuneIn's mm. good fun. When the app isn't crashing, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's great and convenient to take in uh, radio stations from all over the world and podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, great app, that one. And also, Butts in Seats podcast. If you actually happen to be a wrestling fan and you want to hear about, uh, you want to hear reviews of WCW pay-per-views from the late 90s, uh, it's a very politically incorrect show. Sounds, so that's right up my alley <laughs> there you go so you can check that one out as well and uh yeah josh at josh jd armor is me on twitter Woo! go and find him and ask him all the questions about wrestling that's right in, in australia <laughs> is it fake is it real is it uh, is it I, choreographed i heard it was all fake <laughs> i love those people they're good That was good. People are going to be listening. People are going to, it's going to be like, this experience of listening to this episode is going to be like going to a Ross Noble concert where 30 minutes later you're like, Hang on, what the, what happened to the other story? What was go back? Go <laughs> how did back. we how did we get to here from from that? <laughs> but this, that's what I that's what I like this show to be. It's a conversation. I don't just want to go. Oh, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about this, but then that'll make us talk about this and fifty other things, and that's then we'll end like, up somewhere so far from where we started. That's like with my like I said, I had notes. My my notes legit consisted of. The Spice Girls Prince comparison, yeah. Letterman, and like that was about it. It was like four words that I just that's thought, all you okay, need. that's, all, that's you all I need. That's all I yep. want. <laughs> oh, no, good so. stuff. Good times. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.